Hi, I am Brent Feldman, and we are back with another episode of Mix and Matchbox. Today, I am joined by Alex Kincaid. He is the marketing manager for StreamTech Engineering. Uh, we've actually been working with Alex for quite a while now, quite a few years, actually even 10, which is crazy to say, but uh, really had a long, great relationship working with Alex. So he's here to join us today. Hi, Alex. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Definitely. 10 years feels, makes me feel old. So. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I uh, When you put a we decade on old. it. <laughs> but, you know, that just means we're ever closer because of you. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you very much uh, for, for being on the podcast. And, uh, and, and hopefully we can dig right in. Um, but, uh, I, I know the story, but for, you know, anybody else, uh, what's the kind of backstory on how you came to work in your current position? Yeah. Um, so, uh, out of school, graduated with a communication degree, had no idea what I wanted to do, uh, with my life as I still probably don't. Um, but, uh, I started working in marketing, uh, worked at a bank and then from there, Everywhere else I've been is in some sort of a manufacturing capacity uh, of some custom equipment. So um, it was Duke Manufacturing. It was a, it was a uh, um, drive-through equipment company, and then Duke Manufacturing um, PRI custom equipment for uh, pharmaceutical research facilities, and then here at StreamTech. So we do e-commerce automation equipment and it's a lot of fun so cool um well you know you've seen a lot being you know kind of with multiple companies and providing you know basically in-house marketing support uh being on in-house marketing teams what makes a good fit for this position uh you know in terms of like you know being uh you know the in-house marketer what what makes a bad fit <laughs> yeah you know i I, I think that um, I think that being being an in-house marketing person, you get uh, you get to see more of the business than you than Brent sees and the agency sees. Um, so I I spend a lot of time learning from our engineering team. You know, I, I've found a lot of success with um, with spending time asking dumb questions to the people who make the equipment. Uh, why is it? Why does it work this way? Why don't we try having this feature? Um, and it, sometimes it helps, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, I, one of my one of our engineers here said recently that uh, when I'm in a meeting, like I'm gonna join the meeting, ask a bunch of really great questions, and then like slowly back away, <laughs> disrupt <laughs> everything. And then slowly back away. And he said, I like that about you. So maybe it's a good thing. But at first, I, I did not think it was a compliment. I, I imagine Homer backing into the bushes, you know? Right. Uh, like, yeah, okay, see you later. Uh -huh. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I've seen a lot of different, different, you know, I've seen marketing people in different industries and, and capacities on LinkedIn kind of um, sharing different things. And you see, tips and things to do. And I don't know, I just, sometimes I feel like we overcomplicate things. If you know your product and you know your people that buy it, um, you're, you're going to do a lot better. Cool. I don't know how to explain it, but 
Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, just being curious, I guess, you know? Yeah, you mentioned, like, asking a lot of questions. I feel like that's the fun, kind of, like, how it works kind of, you know, situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, I know, obviously, you're, you know, uh, working with us as an agency. How, how would you say that you... Um, make the most out of an agency partnership. Cause obviously like throughout the years, throughout different companies you've been at, you know, like yeah, agencies kind of play a key role in providing services that the in-house team can't, but um, yeah. Are there any kind of uh, keys to making sure that you're, you've, uh, you've got the right agency and then you're getting the most out of it. You bet. Um, yeah. I think, I think that over the years, what I've found is a good agency is willing to collaborate. Um, we, you know, I rely on agency partners who, who are, are able to provide ideas um, that I didn't come up with um, and didn't ask for. And you don't take them all, but at least they're willing to collaborate with you as opposed to, um, you know, I was on a photo shoot last week and uh, my videographer was telling me, you know, a lot of the times we get on these shoots and people tell us, the negative space needs to be on the left or the right and you know i want i want uh this angle and all this and i was like i'm so glad that i don't have to tell you those things like i just tell you the goal and you pull it off and you know I, it would it would frustrate me so much to have to do that um you know and i i for, for shots that i need a specific angle of something you know i can i can get a dslr out and and, and shoot it for the site um, myself. But uh, for the most part, relying on partners who can collaborate is, is really uh, beneficial. I've also found that um, folks that do a lot of listening and asking a lot of questions is really good. Um, but you guys do that really well. We'll be in a meeting and it'll be like, hey, well, what about this thing? Have you, how does this work? And how, how does this relationship work? And Oh, that's a good question. I didn't think of that, you know. Um, so, yeah, the asking questions and learning uh, is important, too, as opposed to coming with, like, a know-it-all attitude, like, we're ready to provide all the answers for you. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's annoying as a um, as an in-house person. You're like, I, I think I know our business really well. Yeah. But, all right. Well, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll plant that in my memory as what not to do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't think hopefully. do that. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but I, I totally, um, I, I really get that, you know, as far as like, you know, like ha having somebody who shows a unique, you know, and, 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 and actual genuine interest and in like, you know, what's going on, trying to learn about it. Uh, that's really cool. And the collaboration aspect. And then also, yeah, you mentioned like being kind of like just, uh, when you're in charge of something, just doing your job to the fullest, not having to like, yeah. you know, use you for everything. And I feel like that's all that's super helpful. Yeah. Uh, cool. So I guess what would you say in your current role uh, or in general, do you feel like is like a responsibility to the company and the leadership? Um, you know, like what what is what's your kind of your mission at the end of the day being in marketing for uh, a company? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think that I think to to leadership and, and maybe to the, the rest of the company, um, one of the things that is fun for me is to be able to do a really good job of highlighting the work that everyone does. I mean, my, I feel like my role 
I mean, not me specifically, but marketing's role, maybe me specifically here, but marketing's role is to um, make them look good. I mean, the rest of the team executes the projects and makes the equipment and has the relationships with the customer. Your job is to highlight how great of a job they do, and they appreciate it when you do a good job with that. Like these case studies we put together, um, ultimately we just we interview the customer, ask them why they like their why they like doing what they do, um, and tell a little story. And our team loves it because they're like, "Wow, that's cool! That that equipment we built for them has a purpose." and I contributed to that, and so uh, if you're you're kind of representing these people's hard work, um, and so I think that's important. But yeah. and I think to, to leadership, you know, they're looking for obviously they're looking for like sales and performance and all that. But um, I think if you manage their brand well, people respect that a lot. So totally, yeah, I I appreciate that, and uh, you know, and and that's cool. You're you're. Uh, Oh boy, I hope this doesn't get the wrong, uh, you know, sort of uh, perception, but like, you know, the cheerleader for the organization, you know, propping up all the really, you know, sort of good things about it. And yeah, uh, yeah. and then propelling sales forward. Uh, you, uh, you also on the side, you know, messaged me about that post on LinkedIn about people, you know, uh, maligning, uh, you know, it, it being really, really disappointed about having to do so many things for the sales team. But I think you had, you had some really good points about, you know, how it's, uh, it, you know, that synergy is really healthy, you know, like, right. uh, and, and it was funny right after that, I talked to somebody else and they were just talking about, wow, when you have a good partnership between marketing and sales, it just, it works together so well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see, I saw something, yeah, like you said on LinkedIn, they were like, you know, you don't, it was like six tips on how to prevent yourself from becoming a sales support staff. And I was like, yeah, I get the gist. And I, I, I sympathize with the with the general concept and the problem that you don't want to be the person that's like I'm the slide person and I just make slides all day uh, for the sales team. But at the same time, when when here what I've found is if I know exactly what the sales guys are working on, and I know the questions that the client asks, or the prospect, I'm trying to do a better job with my terminology. Prospect, they're not a client yet the prospect asks, then you're going to do a better job of marketing it. Um, and then if they ask you for a slide deck, you should make the coolest freaking slide deck that you possibly can and say, here's a template. And, and if they ask, well, we're missing a slide. I need this thing that explains this particular thing. Take it upon yourself to like figure that out. Cause I, I think there's some wins there and, um, if they ask for a proposal template, do the same thing. Make a proposal. Put yourself in their shoes, as opposed to like, oh, I'm just going to focus on the the top of our funnel and I'm going to just generate leads and pummel these guys with leads. Um, how about help them sell it? Like, what about the bottom part of your funnel when they're just about to buy? Those are the people that care a lot about how your company is perceived because they're about to buy some equipment from you or something in our case equipment, but yeah. Oh, that's totally cool. Yeah. How could you participate in actually being an assist on a sale? You know? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I get the idea. You don't want to become like 
sales support that's that's just hey write this proposal but um you definitely should take the time to give them the tools and if you put yourself in their shoes you might find um you know one of the things recently we we developed a new slide template i know it seems silly but um it was it was helpful for me because it was like okay well here's something that i want to explain that i want our sales guys to explain to the customer um we need a slide on that and i need a graphic for that so i should make a graphic um and it was like wow i should use that graphic on the website um so it just sort of it it works that's cool yeah, yeah. that's awesome well um you know, actually kind of speaking of like tools, decks, all those sort of things, like I, I'm sure it's easy to get overwhelmed, you know, with all the things sort of like in your view, but especially with tools like, you know, finding your area of focus, how best to communicate your value to leadership, you know, especially when you're maybe the only one in that position, how, how you know, and not that you have to or that, you know, your leadership is asking you to continually kind of like justify, you know, what what that is or where your value is at. But, you know, do you have any sort of tips on basically on on doing that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, for the business we're in here, uh, it may just be a matter of tagging the leads and the opportunities. Uh, so when we sell something, I can say, you know, I mean, in our business, a sale could be anywhere from like $150,000 to, you know, a couple of million. So um, it's not fair to say, well, we sold this $150,000 thing and that was from a web lead. And so all the money we spent on the website, we just, we just covered it. That's like, that's kind of not fair. But if you point to a couple of them, it's pretty fair. Um, hmm. Because you know, the argument can be made that, well, we, we would have had a website anyway, and people will find us somehow anyway. But yeah, but there's like six of them in the quarter. I, I think there's a trend. I mean, if you can tag them, you know, the, the other thing, um, I'll just run a, you know, we, we, we do our budget checks and we make sure that we're um, following some sort of a thumb rule on the year. Um, you know, if we spend a lot of money on a trade show, we need to point to uh, a, a quantity of leads from that, and then how many of them did we sell? Um, and if they didn't make a sale, then you justify it based on we weren't there. Would people would we would people just assume we died? Like <laughs> uh, there, yeah. Some yeah. of it's just practicality, but. No, that makes sense. And I mean, like helping, um, you know, because like, I feel like the ROI thing, you put marketing into a pile. And if you aren't justifying like, you know, where it's going or why, um, then, you know, it, it helps create more suspicion on like, okay, I know we're doing things, you know, but does it really yeah. matter? And, and I, I guess we're lucky we live in a world now where things are trackable and traceable. But um, but that's cool. You know, you kind of help really prove why what you're doing on the marketing side actually means something to the bottom line at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I would I would unless your business in the in the um, what am I trying to say in the capital equipment business, um, which I've it's kind of where I've been uh, through my career. If I won't I wouldn't suggest you should track how many likes you get on every LinkedIn post and how many followers you got last week versus the prior week. Um, 
it's nice every now and again to say, hey, last year in April we had, you know, 400 followers, and this year in April we have 600. Cool. We just we grew by a lot. Um, that's helpful. Um, as opposed to every month I give a report on exactly how many followers we have. You know, same thing with like SEO and SEO, uh, S, yeah, SEO and um, and tra and traffic, web traffic. I don't run a report every month on this is how many searches we're appearing in and this is how much traffic the site is getting because what happens if it goes up and then down and then like what what does it mean if if you say that it went down then you need to explain why it matters to mm -hmm. the management that's their next question is like well why do I need to care about it and if you give them too much data all the time they're never going to care about your data so yeah. Give them the things that are relevant to them. Um, you could track your rank on a day-to-day -day basis, but it's like watching the stock market. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and most of the days, you know, as long as you're putting the right things in place, you'll have, you'll have good days. Obviously, you'll have bad days. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Sometimes I feel like people get lost in like, oh, I need to know this. Like, but why and how yeah. often do you need to know that? Sure, you know, yeah, long-term growth. We want to see it charted over a period of time. But wow, I'm totally with you on not being overly, uh, you don't need to inspect it every second. <laughs> no. And the other thing as an in-house marketer that I think agencies probably don't realize is that like we look at other things that agencies wouldn't have a clue or wouldn't even notice or wouldn't know about. Like um, in, in our business, we identified an area with the service and support department where it's like, this is a new area of growth we, we can focus on. And we're, we're making strides to, to put dedicated resources, additional dedicated resources into that. Um, not only just, just for the sake of helping the customer, but as, as a revenue stream. Um, and, and so it's like, Oh, I'm going to run a report on, how well we did in search this month, as opposed to that, I'm gonna spend my time evaluating an area of the business that's unrelated to marketing because I see that it needs help. Um, and it, it is related to the customer experience. So, yeah, um, I don't know. That's cool. I, you know, and, and it's interesting because like we've been like kind of treading on this like uh, uh, in the last two questions really, um, but, maybe even the last three, uh, but you know, like the lines between sales and marketing sometimes get fuzzy and obviously, you know, there's just, you know, there's plenty of overlap. Um, and you know, you've mentioned a couple of things like, you know, being it, just helpful, uh, curious, uh, you know, and, and I feel like those are extraordinarily good tips. Um, uh, because like, obviously, you know, people can let their, you know, maybe preconceived notion about what sales is there to do get in their way. But I guess, you know, what's your perception on how these, you know, two kind of areas of a company, um, you know, can function well together and, and, and how do you go about doing that? Yeah. Um, here specifically, I've, I've been able to embed myself deeply within that organization. So, um, you know, one of the things that I would suggest from, and maybe this is a challenge, maybe maybe I'm offering a challenge to other marketing folks, um, dare I say, <laughs> I feel 
I feel like I'm not qualified to do that, but um, but like if you, if if you get a web lead, maybe you try the initial pitch. Like you say, hey, thanks so much, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, for joining, you know, for submitting this web lead um, and for your interest in our company. When are you available? Let's get on an initial call. I'll take the initial call and bring my salesperson with me, and I'll deliver this, the initial slide deck myself. Um, challenge yourself, try it. And like you should be the best, one of the best salespeople in your organization not from a technical perspective, but from a communicating your value, communicating um, why the equipment, how the equipment works or the systems or the product or, um, you know, in our instance, it's capital equipment. So we do a lot of explaining, but um, you should be able to, to walk through with a customer and not be scared away. Like, oh, I got a lead, who's gonna take it? You know, same thing goes for podcasts and speaking opportunities. Um, I never thought I would say this, but like here I've been challenged by leadership. Like, hey, we got an invite for this industry podcast. Um, I think you should try it. And I was like, I should try it. Okay, <laughs> that sounds scary. Um, I am not a subject matter expert, but you will become one if you try. Um, and so I, I've, been challenged to do that and it works out i mean you learn it and it works out so. yeah wow that's that's great advice and i i think it's you know um you had mentioned before about like you know putting yourself in somebody else's shoes you know about like you know just try to understand where they're coming from especially on the pitch aspect because sales can be you know uh rough and a slog but it can also be really exciting and interesting too uh, and, and, you know, as a marketer, um, you know, there is a pseudo sales aspect to it. Obviously you're trying to like generate business and leads, but to take that leap of faith and, you know, believe in yourself that you can actually, you know, represent the company just as well as anybody else could is, is definitely yeah. that. I, I think that's a cool challenge actually. That's really neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and I mean, I mean, one of the things that the reason that I started in that, that way here is just like, okay, we got a web lead. Um, I know my, my sales guys are tied up. Uh, heck, why don't I try and take the initial call and then I'll slowly, like the, the Homer Simpson, I'll back into the, the, the bushes later. You know, and we do that. So I'll take the initial call, explain all of our uh, systems and explain what we do, how we work, and then thank you so much. Your applications engineer is going to be and, and give them a person. Um, yeah. He, he will work with you the rest of the way and good luck. There's um, just, there's so much you could learn. I mean, like by being able to do that. So, well, then the sales guy doesn't have a cold lead. They have a warm lead. Who's at least already had the pitch. Um, and it, it, especially in our industry, um, the folks that are in the sales roles are engineers. And so engineers don't really like doing that anyway. <laughs> So you're kind of taking, they're like, thank you. Thanks for doing that. Now I can work on engineering the solution, which is what I prefer to do anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that, that's super cool. I, I really like that. Um, you know, being the kind of like frontline for marketing initiatives, um, 
how do you handle on pushing back on poor ideas, uh, you know, maybe issued sometimes? And this is not to point fingers at anybody, you know, at the company, but, um, you know, I'm sure obviously throughout any experience you've had, I'm sure you've run into this. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll ask that first. And then I'll ask the second part. I want to ask it both together, but it'll get too muddy. So anyway, yeah. Mm. How, how do you push back on poor ideas? Uh, that's a good question. I have to think about it for a second. Poor ideas. I think I think asking the why, like driving down into the why. Why did you provide this suggestion here? It is it's probably there's probably something greater on their mind as yeah. opposed to, you know, I like I had it many years ago at a different company had somebody say, "Oh, that's my light. Hold on." <laughs> <laughs> Our lights go off. All good. Um, You're saving, saving the planet little by little. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, many years ago, I had somebody at a different company that said, hey, we should have like models in our booth at this show. And I was like, oh, well, wait a second. Mm, I think that's not something I want to be a part of. Uh -huh. I don't think that that relates to our business in any way. And I don't understand what's, what is driving this idea. And it was just, the idea was they wanted foot traffic in the booth. Ah. And they're like, well, we can work on that. We can work on foot traffic and, and visibility. Um, that's wild. That's a weird idea and not a good one. Yeah. Um, so I'd suggest just driving to the, the, there's a why behind it. That, that's that's a really good point. Uh, there's this book I was uh, listening to. I can't say reading. It was an audio book, but it was called Never Split the Difference about like negotiating. And, and actually, I'm glad that you said that because it was it was just like to understand will help you understand where that person is coming from. And then if you do have objection to it, then you can answer what they're looking for with better clarity because, yeah. oh, boy. Yeah, I know. Like models. Are you sure? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. Well, second part of the question was, uh, how do you protect, you know, the integrity for your marketing initiatives so that, you know, once they are born from your brain, uh, making sure they don't get, you know, sort of sullied. And that's not to say that, you know, you're a protectionist of your ideas or that, you know, only what you say can go. But, you know, obviously, as you want to see something be successful, you do have to be somewhat protective over making sure it doesn't be like, well, I think we should, you know, anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, an idea that you might have could then, um, you know, it, it could go a couple different ways. It could get shot down or they could say, you know, oh, that video idea that you had was great. Why don't we hire a dedicated personality and we'll do it like a daily video series. And it's like, well, I just had like, it could go no, or it could go, let's take it to the furthest nth degree. And you're like, okay, stay in our, let's stay in the initial, you know, lane here. Um, that's a good question though. I think once you start down a path initially with any sort of a marketing initiative, it's gonna, it's gonna cost some, it may or may not cost some money. Um, it may or may not cost an investment in time and effort. It may or may not be successful in the first try. Um, but if you show that if you show that you're you have a plan and you're working the plan and you show that you have 
data to demonstrate where we are on the plan, then you're more likely to keep to, to see it through fruition. So, you know, we we're doing this this effort. Um, it's not something that we're just we're just picking off of you know off of a random wall. We've got this content plan, and we're going to follow through with that. Um, with this, we've, we've investigated this series of topics due to the research we found on on search. And so, you know, if you just say we have a plan and we have a path forward, um, I found that's successful. That's great. Absolutely wonderful advice. Um, cool. Uh, as you you know begin to learn an organization, and as you mentioned, you've been at you know. Um, uh, multiple manufacturing companies and even experience before that. But um, do you have a recommendation for documentation or other things that can help besides just talking to uh, subject matter experts, sales or leadership that could help other companies on board in your sort of um, arena easier? Because um, I'm sure you've had to do it before. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're referring to like specifically marketing material, um, like all of your all of your existing literature and materials that you would use for your customers is great for training your employees. Um, if that's what you're referring to, like onboarding new people, we yeah. like I I will run through I, at, at a prior company. I found this to be extremely important. We had we were going through a, a lot of hiring, and so um, they had a very uh, programmatic onboarding process for everyone. They would go to every department over the course of like the first week. They wouldn't really do any work yet. Uh, and I think the person, like, to be fair, the the person being onboarded got tired of that. <laughs> After the first week, they're like, I'm so glad that I get to actually do my work now. Um, but it was helpful. And so what I've, what I've done, I, I make a point of when we have new people, I just schedule a meeting with them, whether it's asked for by HR or not. Um, hey, I see that you know this new person here um, started Monday. It's you know Wednesday. Give them a couple days. It's it's Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I'm going to schedule a meeting with them and just walk through all of our products. Um, walk through various maybe uh, competitors if that's applicable to you. Um, or partners that you might work with, and why why you work with that partner over a different one, um, and just give them an overview slide deck of what you would with your customer. Uh, there's nothing. It it may not be revolutionary to them, but but what I have found is that they're like, thank you so much for explaining that. I had no idea why we sold that thing, or there or you might find that they're like, I went to our website and. Some of it was clear, but some of it I didn't quite get. And I'm like, wow, hmm, wonder why. Maybe I should do better like at communicating than uh, if you didn't understand it and you work here, then our prospects probably don't either. But um, yeah, that's anyway. actually, that's really cool because they are getting fresh eyes on some of the things that you see all the time. And so, yeah, uh, even as you try to pitch it or present it, uh, you're going to get those questions that can hopefully help you make those things yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, well, I guess, you know, obviously throughout 
the uh you know experiences you've had uh i'm sure good lessons bad lessons things that are tough things that are easy um what is the hardest lesson that you feel like you've had to learn by you know doing internal marketing one lesson that i'd say that i learned is that when you dive into something that's really expensive um and going to take a lot of time be prepared to possibly like be prepared to you're you're committed. I'm a hundred percent committed because if you think that you're going to back out of it later, then you're admitting like if you say I'm gonna, you know, we're eight months in, we're almost done with this big website redesign, and um, and I I've got other priorities coming in my way. I got people asking why we're committed to this. Get it done, or you're gonna, or it will be a failure. Like it will be a problem and a mistake and and then you won't be trusted with the next big idea that you have mm. cool if you're committed to something be committed to it all the way yeah regardless yeah. if it takes you extra hours at night if you're like okay website launches in two weeks and i got like i've been putting off all these other projects that people keep asking me to work on because i told them i was going to do this i'm going to work nights yeah okay yeah, that's solid. Yeah, because like as you bring, you know, your kind of job is to bring these ideas and stuff into the organization. Uh, and if you don't see them to fruition, yeah, then it does. It reflects on you internally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I think if you if you give, um, you know, the other, the other things that that come to mind are like pitfalls that people fall into. And maybe I'm a little different, maybe. Uh, one of those, you know, unicorn weird weirdos that, um, that that does does additional things that other people don't. But, you know, I, I do some graphic design. I'm, I'm capable in some of the Adobe programs. Um, I am not a UI UX expert, um, but if we need literature put together and some basic graphics, I can do that. I would say that some marketers fail when they don't do anything. You don't actually do. I, I have a agency for this, 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 and this, and it's like, well, what do you do then? Um, I'd say outsourcing everything is a, is a mistake. Um, if you, I have steered away from focusing our efforts on advertising everywhere that I've been. I don't. I'm not a big fan of advertising without a purpose. Uh, that's why I like SEO because it's not advertising, and then once you invest the money and time, it sticks. Whereas an ad disappears as soon as you stop spending money. Um, but uh, spending all your time devoting to cool advertising campaigns, unless you're selling like sunglasses, I would say is a mistake. Um, what else comes to mind? Those are all really good. Those, those, those are super solid. Uh, I, I, you know, in general, I feel like it is, it's, it's sometimes, uh, you know, um, one of those things where you gotta, you gotta pick your battles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so for you, uh, the, the last one I have here, it's another combo question, but I'm going to try to, uh, I'll try to not make it a combo question. I, I have a real habit and an issue with myself making combo questions, but, um, you know, 
for you, is there a common distraction that you feel like, um, you know, that this position has, um, that, you know, that people may get caught up in. And I feel like you mentioned a really good one, you know, in a response to the last one of kind of like, yeah, outsourcing everything, not having your hands in the work. And then you just become a coordinator, a glorified, mm -hmm. you know, product manager or something at the end yeah. of the day. So like, I, I feel like that that's potentially, you know, really good, but yeah. Any other sort of like, you know, common tropes of like, yeah, just like distractions that people get caught up yeah. in the, in an in-house marketing position. I would say one of them would be just, I'm going to spend all my time analyzing data. I'm going to spend all my time running segmented reports of every little piece of our business. And, uh, oh, well, look, this little piece of our business over here is changing the change to this last week. And so I'm going to try and focus on that thing. And, like, you don't need 17 reports to upper management all the time, providing them with the latest and greatest uh, stats and vice versa. You don't need to, unless your business is extremely complex, like you work for GM, you know, I imagine there's probably some more complexity than what I do here, but you don't need to slice and dice the CRM system a kajillion different ways. You should be able to look at your pipeline and see, you, you should be familiar with the names of the companies that are in your pipeline. Um, shocker. You should know the names that, of the people that are in there and you should be like, oh, wonder what happened to that particular one um, because you should be able to see things moving forward and know generally where you stand and why, you know, when you see that you're working well with uh, your direct business versus your reseller business versus your other partners, um, why all of all the things at the end of the pipeline are about to sell are from a different segment of the business. That's important, but you shouldn't have to slice it a, a bajillion different ways just to get, just to find out what I'm going to work on today. Um, yeah. I, I feel like people chase rabbits probably pretty easily, you know, and, uh, and I mean like that, that could happen generally anywhere, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I feel you on the, uh, uh, making sure, you know, like that you've got your bases covered because if you don't have, you know, kind of like the groundwork, uh, yeah, anybody can get like enamored by data and want to be like, oh my God, oh, yeah. yeah, what is this? But yeah, if you don't have some of the, the brass tacks, uh, you know, kind of like locked down, then yeah, you're losing focus on what the position's all about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think if you're running a, an apparel business and it's econ, direct econ, direct to consumer, I'm, I'm talking a different language. That's probably, you need to focus on every every little aspect of that e-com site. But for most businesses, or for capital equipment specifically, um, I don't think that's necessary. Yeah. If you provide a set of services or products that are um, a little more, little more B2B, more that cost a little more money, then you don't need to look at every little metric like that yeah definitely i agree i feel like sometimes people get too lost in the details <laughs> yeah. uh, well uh well that was great that's actually that is all the questions i have for you and uh and i really like um i i honestly i really appreciate all like your responses i feel like there's uh there's there's 
a lot of good nuggets and especially i gotta say the best thing i i really am walking away with this is the the challenge to people that uh you know they might want to step in somebody else's shoes and especially sales for a point in time and try doing a pitch because you know it's hard but you'll learn something about yourself and the customer uh yeah. about, uh and, and and it's not hard to do but you know it's kind of believing in yourself that, that you can do it but yeah, it was really neat. Very insightful. I really appreciate it. They, thanks for being on the podcast, Alex. Well, you do. You do. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, you do pitches all the time for Matchbox. So as the guy who does that, um, you probably have an appreciation for it being a little bit challenging. And yeah. I, I, uh, I am one of those weirdos on the other side of things where I'm like, you, you appreciate the challenge for it being exciting. Like, what am I going to get today? What, a you know, what kind of question is going to catch me off guard that I'm going to have to have an interesting, you know, and compelling and exciting response to right. But, uh, but also I feel like that is the joy of kind of navigating that stuff that you like learn all those things of like where you have blind spots yourself, even about like, you know, the things that you're supposed to know so well, um, it's about filling in those gaps and, and, and just doing better the next time. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I do. I have a, I have a deep appreciation for it exactly. myself and that, kudos to you for trying it too. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Well, uh, well, cool. Well, thanks for being on the podcast and, uh, and definitely, uh, I appreciate you being here. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. And Definitely. thanks for being a great agency that we, uh, I've worked with many years and, you know, every time I get a chance, I'm going to call, call your number. So. Well, thank it. you. Uh, yeah, that means a lot. And Alex, you've definitely, you've been a great partner, a great person to work with over the years too. So I appreciate it as well. Thanks. Yeah. Well, this has been another episode of Mix and Matchbox. I'm your host, Brent Feldman, and we will be back soon with more content. Please like and subscribe. Thank you.